0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU's got a big official visit weekend coming up, and we're welcoming in Brian Smith, one of our recruiting analysts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, to give his insight on what to expect from this weekend for the Cougars as they try and continue to add to an already pretty impressive recruiting class.
1: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listening today. appreciate you guys being every day with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, please welcome in now Brian Smith, of course, our recruiting analyst for the Locked On Podcast Network. Doing a lot of good things covering all things recruiting, but based down there in Florida. But nonetheless, Brian, thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir?
1: Doing very well. Doing very well. It's uh, beautiful here in Florida, but it is hot. I'd like to be in Utah right now. A little bit more than I would Florida, to be honest with you.
0: Well, Utah is getting quite warm ourselves. I guess the one thing that's the big difference is the humidity, obviously. As you're oh, as you're
1: it's, but it's not even comparable.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Well, appreciate taking the time as uh, usual. But I wanted to start off. Uh, BYU got a pr- fairly significant commitment uh, recently in Reiner Swanson, a four- or three-star prospect here, which recruiting service you happen to frequent. But a guy out of Laguna Beach, California, has – ties to BYU via his mom, and obviously uh, he is a member of the LDS Faith, the sponsoring institution of BYU. Uh, just give me your overall sense of who he is as a prospect in your eyes.
1: This is a kid that can be a flex tight end. Uh, he can help you uh, play in the hip if you want, like as an H-back or something, if you wanted to do that as a gains weight. But most importantly, he can catch the football. BYU, as I think anybody that follows the Cougars knows, catching the football is something they have done for decades. So he fits right in. And I think he'll give them a big-bodied option. I don't think he's going to be just a guy that's going to be in the middle of the field. He'll, he'll move out. They might use him in the red zone out wide. If you get guys like that, it can help reduce the advantage that some other schools have in recruiting because it's just one guy out there, man. You only got to beat one guy instead of trying to pound in the football in the middle of the field. So it's probably why BYU's always done that. And then LaBelle Edwards, shout out to him, one of my all-time favorite coaches, kind of started that trend a long time ago. This kid can be an impact player for the Cougars.
0: Now, obviously, BYU, you mentioned, you know, the background, their strong tradition of tight ends. Uh, Jackson Bowers just came in in this most uh, recent recruiting class. So it looks like on paper, BYU set up at that position to have a nice run of uh, tight ends. It looks like for the foreseeable future. Uh, When it comes to guys like Bowers, and in this case, a guy like Reiner Swanson, is the is this day and age of tight ends, I guess this is more of a philosophical question, where they're more of just big pass catchers, bigger bodied receivers that pack on that extra weight? Does that make
1: sense? That's exactly what I think it is. The exceptions to the rule, though, are still the guys that make guys miss after the catch. Uh, like there's a certain guy that played at Iowa that is now a 49er that makes guys look just dumb. He was like 195 pounds or something. going to And he developed weight. There, there are random stories like that. And that's what, you know, Travis Kelsey, he makes people look stupid in space. That's the exceptional guy. But even just a kid that's 230, how do you defend him? Think about it. If it's third down and two and they come out in 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends, and they put poke tight ends out. What does a defense coordinator do? So, I mean, you got a guy that's a linebacker on a guy that can catch the ball run routes. That's how you win in today's football, though. BYU has done that longer than most to be honest, with the West Coast offensive style and all that. But I I think he is the perfect example of what you're talking about. He's going to gain some weight, sure, and he'll be able to block a little, but it's pass catching. That's what's going to make the difference for him in a BYU uniform.
0: I guess uh, along with that, you mentioned the fact you you give a shout-out to Lavelle Edwards, and uh, knowing your background, you're well aware of the tradition BYU's had offensively over the years, quarterbacks, tight ends, that type of stuff. (laughs) Where do you think BYU stacks up right now just in the recruiting pantheon out there now that they're making the move to the Power Five level?
1: That's actually something I was going to throw to you in some capacity because not only have they recruited the Southwest in general, good forever. You think about uh, the Heisman winners, the guys that went on to the NFL, et cetera. They've come from all over. New Jersey, California, Texas, wherever. McCoy, you know, guys like that, like Texas got guys locally. You know, Colt McCoy comes. Yeah, they get eighty-five percent of the kids in state. They can. BYU is not in that boat. But now they're joining a conference where most of the schools are in Texas. Does that change their recruiting immediately? Maybe. But I think long term it will more as people become more and more acquainted with the institution. They'll make more and more inroads. And they've recruited Texas anyway. Don't don't get it don't get it twisted. But that'll open more doors. I think that they're behind because of a lot of the things that. People associate with them in terms of being just so far away, so remote from California, Florida, Texas, it's still a long way. So playing those games in the state of Texas, though, that's huge. And I think that it will benefit them, especially two, three years down the road, after they've been through the cycles and their coaches go out on the road a bunch down there, huge advantage for the Cougars.
0: Now, I, I guess I can insert that. I, I have noticed just an uptick in BYU working in Texas, mainly in recruiting. Yeah, Ty Detmer won the Heisman Trophy. He's a he's a Texas high school legend in his own right. But they ended up going to Provo, and obviously we all know what he did as a Cougar. But they, I think they've realized, you know what? We're going into a conference, as you mentioned, that is very Lone Star State centric. And if you yeah. if you don't recruit there, you're kind of doing something. Yeah, yourself no, it work.
1: <laughs> If you want to go four and eight, take that plan. I mean, that's here's how we can lose. Let's do that No, In all seriousness if you are getting three or four kids a year right now from Texas, which a lot of schools are, and then you join a conference where you're going to play multiple games in that state every year, how would you not have an uptick? I mean, just by pure osmosis, because coaches go on the road with these road games, they go out and scout oftentimes the night before in a local area. Well, if you play a team like TCU on the road, I mean, it's in Fort Worth for crying out loud. That area is loaded. You're going to go scout. If you play Houston, yeah, you're going to go scout. These are not rocket science adventures. So they'll probably be more active in recruiting, trying to get those kids to come to their camps, do a little more scouting in the spring in Texas. Not saying they're not going to recruit California or other states, but it just makes sense because you're going to be back there again in the fall anyway. I would imagine that going forward, the state with the most players on BYU's roster will be the Lone Star State.
0: Now, I also wanted to ask you because you're based in Florida and UCF is going to be a member of the Big 12 Conference. Do you think that will change the dynamic at all for schools like BYU and the Big 12? Will they be able to make inroads into Florida a little more often because of UCF?
1: I mean, you can try, especially like offensive linemen and stuff. I mean, you just don't know. You, you got to come scout Orlando, where UCF is, is loaded with prospects. And you're going to try. Uh, I don't think there are a ton of fits in Florida for BYU social life. I don't. But at the same time, that doesn't mean there aren't a ton of private schools here too. You just got to find the right guy, the right fit. And the other thing you can do once you play in the conference again, and you go down to UCF, et cetera, more people will once again, be familiar with BYU. They might open some doors. So don't count it out. And even if you just get one or two kids a year out of Florida, they're probably going to be real good football players.
0: Uh, And that's the thing, I think BYU, their whole philosophy, they've they've plucked a player here and there from the Sunshine State down there in Florida. They have a kid right now. uh, You may be familiar with him, Dom Henry. He was out, he came out, he was one of the top receivers his senior year and BYU recruited him and got him as a preferred walk-on. And he was kind of the sensation of spring ball, Brian, kind of funny enough. Uh, He's a preferred walk-on from the state of Florida, but he was the top receiver his senior year in the Florida prep ranks. And Everything he has done at BYU so far is translated over. And I think to your point, you pluck one or two guys out of there, they're just the level of football they're playing at. They typically are pretty darn good football players.
1: The state of Florida, in a given year, just to put it in perspective, just that wide receiver can have 40 kids sign. <laughs> That's just, just <laughs> a
0: wide receiver. That's an impressive number, and uh, BYU lucky enough like, you know, like Dom Henry. I, I actually expect him. I think he'll be part of the rotation this year, and they were lucky enough to get him as a preferred walk-on. So a, a, a kind of a, a recruiting win in a way that they didn't, maybe didn't Absolutely. necessarily anticipate. But uh, now I, I do want to talk. They've got a huge weekend upcoming for BYU. I want to talk about three guys in particular that are going to be on visits this weekend in Provo. We'll get to those in just a minute. But first, I need to get a word in on our friends over at FanDuel. They've been working for the few months now, and the best part is it is baseball season. It's a full swing there's no better place to get on all the action with our friends at FanDuel America's number one sports because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 that's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today uh, the best part about FanDuel that I love is the fact that you can go on you can uh, get daily specials they have different bets that are out there but more importantly you get paid out immediately you don't have to hit a reserve amount of money to get paid out you can do that immediately from our friends at FanDuel so don't miss out on your chance to snag a no sweat first Better to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Continuing on here with Brian Smith, our recruiting analyst for the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, uh, doing a lot of good things. And by the way, Brian, you also do some stuff uh, with the Miami Hurricanes, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right?
1: All hurricanes on Fan Nation. All right,
0: well, uh, BYU fans are very familiar with Miami from that 1990 game that essentially like launched the Heisman campaign for Ty Detmer. So I think there's like there's like this long-standing connection between those two programs, even though they haven't played very often.
1: I remember that game. I remember watching it. Absolutely. Uh,
0: my my dad talks about to this day he was lucky enough he was in the stands that night with my with my mom and he'll he'll tell you the story if you ever get a chance to meet him about me throwing a fit i was like four or five years old at the time i was just irate i couldn't go to that game and i'm even more irate the fact that i could have seen a historic upset of that nature and i didn't get to go so you know one of those fun things about
1: it miami and uh BYU, that was probably one of the best games of the David Goliath kind of things. They were ranked number one, if I remember right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: defend, uh, Miami defending national champions coming into Provo. Ty Detmer had, he was a decent player, but he did, hadn't come, become the household name he would ultimately become. And yeah. obviously, engineering that upset was just absolutely gargantuan, as you, as you mentioned. All right. Uh, that aside, let's talk a little bit about the weekend ahead for BYU here in recruiting, Brian. Now, they have three uh, notable prospects that I wanted to ask you about in particular, guys that are coming on visits, but I want to start off with. One, uh, These guys are all fairly local, but Davis Andrews, I think, is just a huge name. Uh, I actually call some high school football games out here in the state of Utah, and I actually got a call about five of his games a year ago for American Fork High School. And each time I saw him, he seemed to get better and better every time I saw him out there. Give me your sense of a guy like Davis Andrews who's got Notre Dame, Utah, some of these big-name programs after him.
1: If you want to talk about a player that can play a lot of spots, and I'm sure in Utah he just dominates – Davis would be a really good one. I'm sure he could play running back. I'm sure he could play slot, whatever. They like to put him in the middle of the field and let him just hammer people. Uh, he's projected to play safety at the next level. Uh, the recruitment for him is, is unique. Notre Dame doesn't recruit kids from Utah. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I can say they, they've signed maybe two or three kids from Utah in my life. But they want that kid. Um, that puts it in perspective. Uh, I don't know his timeline, but I've heard the mission thing is a part of it. Regardless, he'll probably take a mission. So that makes his recruitment really unusual for me because I don't deal much with that. I don't like BYU obviously promotes it. I don't know where he's going to go. I've heard BYU and Notre Dame mentioned the most, but what a football player. His film, if you want to watch entertaining football, throw in his huddle, just watch a couple of minutes. It won't take very long. He's a great player.
0: All right, so you talk about Davis Andrews. You mentioned that you're hearing a lot about Notre Dame and BYU, and you're right. There's not been a lot of Notre Dame players – Notre Dame, I guess, athletes in the state of Utah. Uh, but when it comes to his skill set, I'm with you. I think his safety is probably where he ultimately ends up. When it, when it comes to guys like that, you mentioned the fact that you, you've watched Notre Dame pretty avidly throughout your life. Why, in the, why, why do you think that Notre Dame would have such a keen interest in a kid like this? Like, what, what, what makes Davis Andrews
1: that type of prospect? Does that make sense? Off the field, the two schools are very much alike. They align. If you don't want to go to class, that's fine. There's another school for you. It's just not Notre Dame or BYU. If you don't want to be a good good person, there's another place for you, it's just not BYU or Notre Dame. That's why. He's a, he's a complete kid on and off the gridiron. And unfortunately, especially on the defensive side of the ball, there aren't a ton of those recruits. Defensive guys are usually wired a little bit differently. Uh, when you want to whack people, you're usually not a nice guy. So it's a little harder for Notre Dame and BYU to uh, get those – it's just true. Notre Dame's bugaboo forever has been defensive line and corner. And I know it's the same thing for BYU. Is that a coincidence? No. It's never going to change, though. Those kids usually don't have as good of grades, et cetera, et cetera. So when they find one, they don't care where it's at. They go after it. BYU same way. Uh, you, you've got to go get the players that can get into your school and make a difference. And Notre Dame likes Davis, and they, they would take him in a heartbeat.
0: Now Carson Sue is a is a prospect I'm intrigued by because he played at Concord De La Salle out there in Northern California obviously a very strong tradition they had that legendary win streak back in the mid uh, two, late 90s to the mid 2000s that era but he makes the transfer to Granger High School here in the state of Utah he's a quarterback prospect but I'm of the opinion just my my amateur eye I think he's a change in positions what do you make of him
1: upside upside but his film like his motion needs to be adjusted a little bit um he can swing it though i mean if you want to take a kid that can develop long term it would be interesting for a lot of reasons number one he's got height he's got the natural height you're looking for in a quarterback and he's pretty mobile maybe they run a little more rpo he's done some of that at the high school level he's been coached i mean he was he was a La Salle. he's been coached so i just think he needs to work on refinement with quarterback play which is extremely hard not going to sugarcoat that. But is he an impact guy? Probably not. He's a redshirt kid, kind of go through the system. And then you just got to bring up the obvious question. With kids today, how many quarterbacks are patient about playing? What is it, 1%? Maybe two? So it's, I was talking to somebody the other day, and let's just use an easy one. If you follow college football, you know Ohio State doesn't struggle recruiting quarterbacks, obviously. It just took a kid out of the state not all that long ago that everybody wanted in Brown. They're, they're going to lose a kid every year, and it's Ohio State. So if you're BYU, just like anybody else, you just take as many good players as you can. Who leaves is who leaves. Quarterback is the most volatile spot on the roster. There's nothing you can do about it. I would take him as a quarterback if it didn't work out. I would offer him you know, a chance to play another spot. But I would take him at quarterback first just because he has a high ceiling. Now, he's a, he's a low-floor guy, too, because he's not refined. 85% of the quarterbacks in the country, and I get to see a ton of in to lead 11 and stuff, I go out there and I'm like, wow, this kid has a long way to go. I say that all the time. But you got to work with something to begin with, and he has the physical tools. So, yeah, he's got a chance.
0: Now, uh, similar vein, Falita Satuala, he's a kid that uh, a lot of programs – are after him but he's been very quiet in terms of his recruitment he doesn't he doesn't crow a lot on social media but i had a chance to see him twice last year with my own eyes and i saw a guy you mentioned like carson suesuit you you probably bring him in as a quarterback but then you ultimately if it doesn't work out you offer him a chance to play in another position i feel like a guy like satuwala in that same vein yeah he's not a quarterback but he can play similar to davis andrews and these other guys we've already talked about multiple spots on the football field give me kind of your assessment of a guy like that and his ability to maybe contribute in multiple facets
1: number one wherever he goes he's going to play special teams from day one he's at that size he's give or take 200 pounds number two free safety hybrid linebacker safety playing over the slot that is the biggest nightmare for every single coach in america that coaches defense because tight end on one play is attached next play he's in the slot blocking on the screen Man, you got to have some real dudes to play there because otherwise you just get run over. So that spot has become really hard. He's the kind of kid that can kind of take on a bigger guy and compete. He's a physical football player. He plays downhill. So just those two spots, strong safety to that hybrid spot is where I would look at because they're hard. They're really hard now. And if, if he gets big enough, maybe he moves to weak side to linebacker. At 195, conservatively, kids gain 20 pounds in college. He could get up to 220, 225. He could be a will at some point. You just want to kind of take its course. But first things first, he's a football player and he's physical. There's always room for guys like that that are 6'3". So let's, let's make it happen if you're BYU. You know what I mean? Like you need more of those guys. You cannot let them get away. You got to have.
0: Well, and that brings up another question, I guess I'll lob it to you, is how important is it in this day and age, as you mentioned, just to get football players, get athletes, and you you bring them into the program and you say, okay, we've got an idea of where you may project, but if it doesn't work out that way, you can put them in a different spot. How important do you think that is for a program like BYU just to have guys who can compete, and no matter what position they may ultimately
1: land at? Well, I mean, everybody does it to a certain degree. I I cover Miami. They took Elijah Lofton the other day out of Bishop Gorman, he played wide receiver, H-back, fullback, split end. They just they just wanted it. I, I mean, I know people on that staff, like they are excited. They don't know where the hell he's going to play, but they know he's a really good football player. So they'll, they'll figure it out. And if you're dominant at Bishop Gorman, you're good. So you, you just got to work on finding that out after they get on campus. How does their body develop? They're 17, 18 years old. We don't have all the answers, even if we watch them every week. Sometimes kids just get bigger than we think they're going to. Again, it's, you know, some guys that are 200 pounds out of high school end up playing tight end. Does it look that way out of high school? No, it's, I mean, it's a strange world, man. You just don't know. And and that's why you've got to have guys that are willing to develop. You're not going to get all polished players, especially again, at BYU. They're not getting the five-star kid that wants to go to Georgia. They're not, they got to take guys like that and project, coach them up, red shirt them and, BYU's made a living off of that forever. Why would that change today?
0: Well, and that's the other thing about this. I'll, just, I'll lob this tidbit in there. They had a tight end. that They recruited out of the state of Arizona. This goes back, I think, four or five years now. I think, but Donovan Hanna was his name. Uh, he, he was a 250-pound tight end. And everybody was like, okay, he could be a nice tight end for them. Well, he went on an LDS mission, and you know this as well as anybody, Brian. The guys that go on missions for, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they go out and they come back two years later, and suddenly uh, he came home. He was 290 pounds. Guess what he plays now? Offensive guard.
1: Why not? Did they project that? No, but you just got to work with what you get. I mean, you don't know. It's okay. As long as it gets you to the win column, it doesn't matter. Just get, Just get the victories, baby.
0: Uh, last thing for me, Brian, I love this at you, is now that BYU is going to be a Big 12 program, can you quantify how big of an impact that will be for BYU just to be able to go out and say, hey, hey we actually have that Power 5 designation and the, and the Big 12 logo next
1: to our name on the recruiting circles? Humongous. Most of the, I, I live in Florida, and these are the most difficult kids to recruit in the country by a landslide. But if you don't have that moniker next to your name, Power 5, four and five-star kids aren't going to sniff it. It is not. It's just true. Um, I covered UCF, and I used to talk to Malzahn about it, and I've talked to other coaches about on and off the record. It's everything. There's nothing you can do for certain kids because they, they want they want that logo. It's just, it's just the way it is. BYU, with their academic profile, a lot of people don't know it. It's a really good school. It's, it's an easy place to send your kid to. It's the view. For anybody that hasn't seen it, obviously, BYU fans know, but I tell people, I said, you could make an argument. The most beautiful setting in college football is in Provo. It's at least in the conversation. It's not hard to sell it on a Saturday night visit. It's not. So now you put the power five next to it and then you could at least open doors. How far that gets them. I don't know, but I mean, the old saying is you can't win the the race. If you're not in it, you got to get them on campus. I think the lack of power five killed them forever, especially with some of the kids in like Texas and Florida, et et cetera. I bet you they get more kids to visit moving forward and they'll probably sign a few more too.
0: Well, awesome. Brian, cannot thank you enough for taking the time. I look forward to doing this more often down the road, but uh, thanks for letting our listeners know a little bit more about your insights on some of these prospects. And obviously, yeah, as they sign, maybe we'll get you back on to talk more about them. All right.
1: Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. There you go, Brian Smith, of
0: course, uh, covering all things for us here on the Locked On Podcast Network as well as covering the Miami Hurricanes. A big thank you to all of you once again for making us your first listen of the day. I encourage you guys, if you have not done so already, make sure you check out the show on YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You guys know the drill. And also thank you once again for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, this has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast.